you're making over $100,000 a month via Pinterest for sure. Pinterest is a platform that quite a few entrepreneurs use, but most people actually ignore it. Yeah, when we started out using it uh, and it just kept climbing, you know, we we're getting 200,000 monthly visitors to our blog and that that's huge. We stand today. The Business Method with the Shadow. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars in annual revenue. And now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results, economies, and cultures. There's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this, and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method creating a blog to travel the world is the dream of so many travelers there are graveyards all around the world full of people's blogging dreams many people try and many people fail myself included however even though blogging can be a tough nut to crack these days there are people that are doing it and teaching others how to find success in the blogging world today's guest is alex nerney the co-founder of avocado.com and creating go Alex and his partner quit their jobs to start blogging just over three years ago, and as luck would have it, they had nearly immediate success. Their first month earning $170, then $900 in their second month, and doubling it almost every month until their seventh month when they hit $40,000. They had achieved the blogger's dream and now consistently produce over $100,000 per month. On this show, we chat with Alex on what is really working in the blogging world and what is not. We chat about how Pinterest has become their top performing social media platform, giving them around 4.4 million views per month and around 200,000 visits to their website. We also chat with Alex on the theme of this series, Influence. Alex and I get into a great conversation about how people are using and abusing influence in today's world and how to find the right influencers to follow. It's another great episode, guys, and without further ado, do let's welcome alex to the show entrepreneurs systems methods tools and tactics listeners we have alex nerney on the show alex how you doing my friend what's going on doing well my man doing well dude it's great to have you on the show and i hear you're in the new capital of entrepreneurship austin texas right i am i am i i heard on one of your podcasts someone saying that you could uh throw a cat and hit an entrepreneur. And I, I agree with that statement. <laughs> so it's a, like I, I, I've been in entrepreneur capitals before, like Sandy or um, San Francisco and Chiang Mai. And um, the vibe is really great, but I haven't been down to Austin since it's become this amazing tech hub. What's it like? Like just, just, you know, what's, what's the vibe like? Why do you enjoy it? Uh, I'd say like the energy is this mix of, um, uh, creativity and uh, commerce almost uh, there's like I said there's a, there's a very tech portion of it but it comes like with this 
very large, like creative aspect to it. Okay. Um, somebody who's like, you know, doing something unique and different. Yeah. I've, I've had to pitch my blog, my uh, job title to many people. Um, <laughs> and this is the one place where I say what I do and most people are like either get it or, um, are very interested in it. And you tell people like, Oh, you're a professional blogger. or I teach people to make money online. And it can go over a lot of people's heads, but here it's uh, it's very open and welcome and very curious, and I, I love all those things. And how would that be um, different from the vibe or the scene in San Francisco? Because that, you know, is traditionally traditionally in the past maybe fifteen twenty years known as the tech hub where everything started. You know, the dot com boom internet was invented in San Francisco. Not really, but kind of, um, how's it different from there? You know, I've only spent a little bit of time out in San Fran, but I would say the difference is, um, it's very relaxed and very, uh, friendly, not saying that San Fran wasn't when I was there. It just seemed a lot more, uh, stressful. If that word makes sense. Like it seemed like people were um, murdering themselves over trying to start tech startups, spending 80, 90 hours a week. I actually had a former client, went out to San Fran because his buddy's tech startup was starting to blow up, um, went out there for a week, worked himself so hard that he like had a mental breakdown and like, like this insane thing happened. And it's like, this is crazy, bizarre story. But that's not something I think you'd hear about in Austin. Austin's much more like relaxed. It's, I feel like it's a good a good balance of, of the work life. Yeah, that kind of makes sense because um, I lived through the um, recession, global recession, however you want to call it, housing crisis in Phoenix in 2008. And there were stories of people literally, you know, committing suicide because they were so engulfed in that, in that, in their image of their business. Right. And, and when it failed, they, they, they took their lives. But Austin, it seems a bit more healthy, I guess you could say. Is that right? I would say, yeah, it's a very, it's a very big focus here. So thankfully, it's like right on, very different. So I used to live in Dallas, but it's a very, very different vibe where you know you're kind of right on uh, the Colorado River runs through it, and you know every day on the trail, there's you know hundreds of people walking, jogging, um, very health oriented as well. So it's all that's a good thing. Cool, man. Well, we're glad to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. And um, in the introduction, we told the audience a bit about you and you've done some amazing things, especially in this world of blogging, because it's a mystery for a lot of people. I tried the blog, failed miserably. Um, you know, so many people try it, but you you almost had instant success. And what's I was I was kind of stalking you guys on your website and they, you know, create and go, you guys actually post your blogging revenues, which I admire a lot. Like, I think that's awesome. Month one, you made 172 bucks. Month two, you're up to a thousand. Month three, you doubled that. Uh, month four, you doubled it again. But then by like month seven, you're 40 grand, like month seven. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm shocked, like blown away. So um, if you could just take the mic for a couple minutes, Alex, and kind of, kind of tell your backstory about um, how it all started for you. Yeah, for sure. So back um, in 2015, I was uh, personal training and actually that same client, he invited me to this conference um, for entrepreneurs uh, and it was uh, for this book called The Millionaire Fast Line. Mm -hmm. And I'd read the book and I actually really liked it. Um, cheesy title, amazing book. <laughs> and he, he invited me out um, and he ended up 
he had this, he had that mental breakdown when we were supposed to go. So he couldn't, I actually ended up going to the conference by myself. I didn't know anybody there. This is like a forum for like, you know, people who are very into that book. And um, there's like 50 people who are all interacting in this forum together. And I was just this weird guy that just showed up. And I just, I found it fascinating. I was listening to all these people who were doing different things, you know, the Kickstarter campaigns to everything in between. And it really inspired me to take the next steps forward. I was always interested in entrepreneurship, always interested in running my own business. But uh, I think just, just being there with those people and seeing that it was real was made a big impact. Came back home, uh, started working on a, um, a blog and a website. Uh, the first one that actually failed. And, uh, and what, it was called Health and Happy Hour. And the, uh, the general idea was uh, combining health and wellness the, our love for drinking and uh, <laughs> that sounds great for, yeah it was, <laughs> How's it was that a fun, fail? Concept. <laughs> fun concept it's shocking it didn't work yeah um, but we uh so we had a good time doing it um so i was working on the blog and lauren was working as a cpa at the time and mm -hmm. she saw me working on it was like hey you're an idiot and really bad at graphic design let me help you with that <laughs> and uh it just kind of scooted me over from the computer and i was like let, let me help you with this uh, and so we just started working on it and started working on it together and um, got to December of 2015. And at that time, we had built up a readership for a, a different blog called avocado.com. And we had to make a, a decision on, you know, as CPAs go, that first uh, four months of tax season is really crazy, right? They work yeah. 70, 80 hours a week. And we were like, well, it feels like this one of these moments where like it's sort of like shit or get off the pot. And we wanted to, we just had this crazy idea. We were, do, we were on this hike in Seattle and um, we were like, what if we quit? What if we just quit our jobs and we went all in with this blogging thing? And we we uh, sold all of our things. We, we packed everything into about six suitcases worth of materials. Um, sold, sold all of our things, moved into actually, my dad had a place in Seattle, Washington. Um, moved in there and uh, just worked on a blog. We said we'd give it a year. and. Um, and went for it. And you're talking about us growing in revenue at that time. And, and there's just this funny thing that happens when you burn, when you burn those bridges behind you yeah. is that you kind of just have to make it work, you know? So we, we, our backs were against the wall. So we just, after experiencing, you know, not having jobs and working for ourselves, you know, we were just like, we will do anything to make this happen. And that's why that blog grew so quickly because we were willing to put in really was an obnoxious amount of time and effort uh, into growing it. Um, started to grow, kept growing, kept growing, uh, just kept learning things by trial and error, really. Just a horrendous amount of trial and error. And yeah, and we, we hit that 40K month thanks to this viral pin on Pinterest, which I can talk to you about, and uh, leveled off. And, you know, Avocado is making 10, 20 grand a month. And then we started Create and Go. We started another brand, another business because we we're like, hey, we know a lot about this blogging stuff. Let's teach other people how to do it. And that's been a blessing in its own right. Have helped students go from no blog and just making zero money to making over 10 grand a month blogging. And it's been a rewarding and, and fun experience, my man. What do you think, in your opinion, what are so many bloggers missing out on? Because this is like the dream for so many people. Get your computer, start a blog, travel the world, make 40 grand in a month. Right. And, and so what, and, and so many people try and so many people fail, like what are, what are, what's everybody missing? Yeah. So the, the 
one of the biggest differences that I see with most people when they start out is they don't understand, they, they miss really two big concepts. The first one, let's talk about health and happy hour, why it failed. The initial one failed because the in focus was all internal. I wanted to create that blog because I wanted to talk about getting drunk and working out, you know, like that's what I wanted to talk about and that's what we did and that's how we lived our lives. But that, you know, and I don't know if I'm allowed to curse as much that's on fine. this. Uh, yeah. yeah. But nobody gives a fuck, you know, nobody cares about like you, they care about how you can help them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was the change when we made avocado, we made this other blog and we just solely focused on how to serve this one demographic, this one target market of people. And because of that, um, that's why those, those revenues started to grow. The other thing, and the other thing that most bloggers miss and most people miss when they start out is not only is the focus like not on, like the whole spotlight needs to be on the other person, but they also forget the importance of storytelling. Uh, whenever you're creating blog posts, like you're, you're trying to create this story and, and, and capture uh, this, this feeling through content. It's almost hard to describe, but they, they, what I see a lot is, is a lot of people start blogs when they're really interested in making money and what they've started and created is so mechanical and it's mm-hmm. so like, just like, it's too stiff. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't captivate. And, and the two big reasons why I see actually most people fail at the beginning. Could you, could you talk more about the mechanical side of things? Why, what do you mean? Are, is it lacking creativity? Are they lacking creativity? Is it, um, it just seems so redundant. They're, they're posting every Tuesday at 4 PM, this sort of thing. What's your, what's your thoughts? I think, I think the big thing there, man, is like with the mechanical side of it is like, you know, it's, Everybody knows, like, for instance, if you want to go after weight loss, right? Like if you want to make a blog article about weight loss tips and you make the 17 weight loss tips, you lose weight fast, 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 or whatever the article title is. And they really forget, like, they, they, it's just so, like, when you read it, it's just so, like, objective and standard. It's, it doesn't talk about, like, the feeling that that person is in. So, like, if somebody is on the web, and they're looking for weight loss tips. Like, take yourself for a moment, stop thinking about yourself, stop thinking about the money, and think about like that, the place that that person is at. You know, that person is like hurting, you know, like generally, they feel themselves. They feel bad about how they look. And by taking that and inserting that into your article, you, you create this rapport of like, I know what you're feeling and I know what you're going through here's a story of how I went through this or my client went through this or, you know, this person went through this and here's how they came out on the other side. That's the difference. It's a, it's a really, it's not so subtle, but it can be subtle in, in so much that people miss. Um, the other, the other thing too is I really do think people just read through, can read through the bullshit. So, you know, if you're, if you're faking it and you're BSing, like I really do think, readers can see through that as well. Yeah, it, it's similar with podcasting. Like if you if you're mechanical like that and if you're faking it, I mean it's some some on some levels you can kind of game the al- algorithm a little bit and and get more downloads, but you know, it's 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 it always goes back to content, good quality content over the long term, right? 
and and that's what creates a business over and over. And that's why I like that's why I like this podcast, man. It's it's an authentic. <laughs> you're you're ta- you know, this isn't like super structured. You're just talking, and you can hear it in the voice. You know, you hear like the authenticity, and um, then you're not trying to play an angle. You know, yeah. almost. And that make, that goes a long way for me, at least as a listener. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. So as you know, we're interviewing a hundred major influencers now. And we, one of the reasons is like, I really want to get behind the minds of major influencers and how they work and how they think and how they create. Um, you know, there's a lot of influencers out there that will, that it's, they have sloppy influence. That's what I call, call it. Um, because the, somebody will approach them, Hey, we'll give you X amount of money to represent our lipstick company or whatever, hair braid, whatever it may be. Sugar bear vitamins, sugar bear vitamins, right? Yeah. I'll represent that and have, they have no idea what it's actually, you know, the product actually is, or never used it before. So, so as an influencer, you guys have, as influencers, you guys have created, you know, quite a bit of a following over the past few years and growing this business. Um, how do you personally define influence? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, it's almost like uh, you could say it's metrics, but I almost don't think that's correct. I think it's the, I think it's like this combination of metrics and how people feel about you, how a large quantity of people feel about you mm-hmm. would be probably your level of influence because you could have a hundred thousand readers and nobody care. And you right. can have a thousand readers and have them really love you. And that you, I would argue that the person with a thousand probably has more influence, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How do you see yourself as an influencer? Oh man. I honestly have never even looked at it like that. I just have um, tried to create and focus on creating things for other people. And because of that, people end up, following some of the things that I say. I don't think I ever like set out to like, Hey, let's, I mean, you want to build a large audience, but it wasn't like, it wasn't manufactured. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was just, it was more like something that happened as a result. There's this, there's this phenomenal blog post by Seth Godin where he talks about um, social media, where it talks about like the Mona Lisa is really popular and really famous on Twitter and Instagram because you have all those people right running around doing a selfie with the Mona Lisa. Right. And, and his argument was that, you know, your influence is more, should be more of like uh, what you've done, you know, like the business that you've created or, or the people that you've helped more than just like you take pretty photos. And I, I really liked that, that argument for it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a phenomenon. I wonder why, those photos or influencers that gain influence from that type of activity, why people, why and who are those people that are really following them? Why, have you ever thought about that? Like, why do the masses so, so often seem to follow that influencer in there? I don't know if you've heard of the story of the fire festival, but yes. then, then that person, <laughs> right, gets a couple hundred thousand dollars to post something about fire festival, which turns out into a major disaster because nobody really knew what was going on there. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I, I really want to uh, have in the lexicon, you really Billy McFarland that. <laughs> <laughs> right. watching, watching that guy talk was like fascinating. 
because you just you saw someone so convinced of themselves that they couldn't even like just the reality like right in front of their face oh it was like that was such a fascinating documentary yes um yeah you know it's funny man i feel like some people get influenced just randomly you know for for not a lot i mean you have you have some things that are pretty objective you know like if you have a girl who's like really beautiful and wants to take photos of herself like i understand why people follow that um just as a male like you can just kind of understand why people are interested in that yeah Um, but some people it it almost seems like random at times um and and i i I think you brought up a good point when you're talking about like how people use this influence that they're given. Sometimes I don't think it can be manufactured, but I think how you use it is a huge indicator of like you as a person, right? Like if you're out there promoting like sugar bear vitamins and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. I only bring up that, I only bring that up because my, my best friend's girlfriend had some of those. And I was just like, (laughs) It's like, man, she, she even got sucked into this and she's a, she's a nurse. She's super smart. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, like that's how much power that they truly have. It's, yeah. it's really fascinating, man. It's a fascinating thing. I think, I think the people who use it for good though, or, you know, there's this guy I really like named Amir, Amir Zachary, something like that. Um, I was actually just looking at his Instagram stories uh, where he is like kind of on this mission, this campaign. He's like your kind of typical Instagram travel influencer where he takes like really cool videos and really cool photos. But right now he's like on this mission of like, you know, saving the reef where he's like spending his time like on cleanups and and cleaning up garbage and um, doing these really positive things for society, which I I really admire. I think, I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a currency in itself influence and, um, you know, they talk about the Tim Ferriss effect a lot. You know, even if Tim went broke just because of the influence that he has, he could recreate his wealth pretty rapidly um, just just on giving recommendations. And, and it's, it's you know, and two, like it, it goes back to morals and, and values, I think, because I think a lot of uh, those influencers that that I call sloppy influencers, you know, it's not, they're not conscious, you know, they're just thinking they're not conscious of what they're doing in that moment. Right. They're thinking, Oh, you know, I can make X amount of money for representing this. I've worked hard, you know, I've got a following, let's do it. And, um, you never know the repercussions. And even with the, the fire festival, like we'll go back to that. If that guy, if that would, if he would have pulled that off, um, he would have been a superhero. You know, and it, and and he would have done another one, and doesn't, and and we never really would have known who that character is until maybe he he did another disaster in the future. It would he would have been called like the greatest marketer of our time, right? <laughs> you know, I've been like this guy just together like the biggest festival of all time, just randomly. You know, yeah, I, it's it's fascinating, man. It's a very very interesting part of like humanity right now. <laughs> Well, one of the things that, that you guys are doing well is using video marketing. And I'm, I'm fascinated with video marketing um, because it's, I love the idea of creating a video and, and almost hooking people in um, to where they're, they're mesmerized by whatever you're saying. 
what are some what are some of the tactics that you guys are using to to make better videos? Yeah, so a few of the the really recent ones. So there's there's two types of video content, and I've seen both work really well. Um, so I don't want to say like I have like the monopoly on this. Like the I'll talk about the type that my buddy makes and then the type that I make. My buddy um, goes for almost what I call like authenticity content where the videos that are being created are not high quality and they're almost not high quality on purpose uh, because it, it seems to give you a more like, I don't know, like it feels like you're in the room with the guy or, you know, like, Ty Lopez is doing this a lot, right? Selfie video. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just just doing the selfie video, holding the camera, talking through the ums and the ahs and the stutters and the where you say a sentence that <laughs> didn't mean exactly what you wanted it to mean, but from context, you know. Like I've done that a bunch of times. Um, and he does, and he did really well with it and still does well with it to this day. He sells a drop shipping software. And Again, he just he goes for authenticity over anything. He curses. He um, the videos are kind of crazy. Uh, what happens though is that that video is like not really as optimized for like search and um, things like that. It's more like to create a deeper connection. Yeah, that works. Um, but the type of video content that we go after and and what we're moving towards is like a much more higher quality video where it involves a video editor and professional camera and professional lighting and um, doing tons of things in the video to keep people entertained. If I had, if I had one piece of advice for people out there, it's your goal is to keep the watcher entertained by whatever means necessary. Yeah. You know, whether it's like using stock footage, using B rolls, using cut clips, music, like everything in between, because you're competing for attention and that space is harder and harder and ever to get to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the cool thing about something like YouTube, though, and still to this day, is very much true, is that, you know, we've grown one YouTube channel to 400,000 subscribers. We've grown another one to 50,000. It's about to crest 50,000. Another one to 6,000. Like, if you keyword videos and you create good content, like, there is still so much market to be had, especially in the, in the YouTube and video space. It's it's very much a wide open market still because the barrier to entry is high. People don't like to get on camera. And because of that, like it's, it's still kind of wide open for anybody who wants it. I want to, I want to move into your guys' success with Pinterest. And I think Pinterest is a platform that, that quite a few entrepreneurs use, but most people, uh, most people actually ignore it because, uh, for whatever reason, I think they don't think it's just a relevant platform. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but you guys kind of started out like that and then you started to use Pinterest and just started having success um, pretty quickly. Exactly, Is that yeah. right? We were, we were trying everything, man. We were trying, because like you build a website and you know the next, the next step is like, how do we get readers? Yeah. And we were trying Google and that, that's tough. I don't know if you know about organic Google traffic, but that's a pain. Yeah. I'm really feeling that pain even to this day. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is, you know, you have no reach now. Instagram, it's going to be very hard to pull people off the platform. Pinterest remains this just unique little redheaded stepchild of the social media world. Um, that just, yeah, when we started out using it, 
it wasn't it wasn't like instant, but it almost felt instant because we started posting content, get our few, first few readers, kept posting more, kept getting more, uh, and it just kept climbing. You know, we we're getting um, you know something like two hundred thousand monthly visitors to our blog, and that you know that's huge. Who are some some what are some businesses out there that you think could really get a lot of value from Pinterest, but you don't see them using too often. I see people misusing it is that you have, you have, you have things like, let's say you have like an e-commerce store and you have like a few products. Um, I'm going to use my sister as an example. Mm -hmm. My sister sells products on Amazon and they do really well. Um, but what she is not leveraging right now that she should is leveraging those products into Pinterest. Now I'm not going to say her, niche because I don't want to attract, you know, her competition, but I'll say something like, let's say like dog treats. Let's say you sell an e-commerce store and your thing is dog treats. Um, what people will mistakenly do on Pinterest is they'll go to Pinterest and they'll post like, Hey, buy my dog treat. And nobody's going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) People are just, people on Pinterest and they're just like, Oh, okay. No. Um, but what you can do is you could start posting blog content about the best dog treats for uh, dogs and here's the top 10 or um, things that are in things that you should watch out for in your dog treats or here are the top five, you know, dog breeds of 2019 as voted on by dog aficionados everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, like if you focused on that and bringing people into the website, then you can kind of not subtly, but you can, you know, move them over to buying the product. I I think it still goes back to this old copywriting thing where people just try to sell people too soon on stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think Pinterest, I think that happens a lot. So if you have an e-commerce store and can create content around that product, like there's a huge opening for you in Pinterest. I think also just visual, anything visual is always going to be great. So whether it's health, whether it's travel, um, recipes, these types of things are always going to be at the top of Pinterest. I think things like tech will struggle a little bit more, um, on that platform, but visual. Do you, do you know the demographics of Pinterest? Yeah, it's like 80% women. Okay. Um, age groups, the skewed age group is 35 to 45, 35 to 55, I believe kind of right in there. Although there are a lot of younger women on there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it's very primarily female focused. Okay. Now you guys have roughly 4.4 million views per month on Pinterest. Uh, how many of those, do, I would say, I would, I would ask, like how many of those are going to the website and then how many of those actually make some type of purchase from you guys? Uh, so... It's hard to determine the exact number. We get most of the traffic from Pinterest. So whatever purchases we're getting, we're getting, um, you know, we're making over a hundred thousand dollars a month via Pinterest for sure. Because that's just, that's the primary route that people start out like in getting to know us. Okay. The amount of people that click over, um, believe it's probably about 200,000 a month still is right in there. So you get all these impressions, but that doesn't mean necessarily people are like clicking through. Right. Uh, but like, that's the same with like Google. If you know, you'll get a lot of impressions, but that doesn't necessarily mean people are clicking. Um, the same goes with Pinterest. So we get about 200,000 people clicking over. Um, and then 
somewhere it cycles through to the customers. Um, I don't know the exact metrics, the further down the, the funnel other than the, the bottom line. So are you guys, since most all of the traffic is coming through Pinterest, do you focus a lot on, on growing um, your, your Pinterest following? We do or did a lot more, and now we're focusing and turning our sites more to, to Google as well. Now we, we definitely started out like we are, we are still, I mean, we were talking about it today, in fact, uh, about Pinterest and where we think it's going and um, what we're going to do to stand out as, you know, the competition has gotten a little stiffer as things move forward. Um, but, but we're also like kind of spreading out that content uh, to Google now um, just because it's, it's kind of time. The cool thing though is, is we just, we started getting Google traffic without really even trying um, because you have so many users on your website from Pinterest. It's a really good, uh, good was an indicator for Google that this is good content. Um, and so we started to grow naturally in Google traffic as well as uh, Pinterest just uh, without really even focusing on it. If you guys didn't have Pinterest, what would you be focusing on? YouTube. YouTube. I would be, I would be all in on the YouTube game. Uh, <laughs> we, we have, we have, when people buy our products, like I'll do like testimonial interviews and I'll talk to them. And I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, I binge watched your YouTube videos, but like a lot, a lot do. And because of that, it's something that I, we would, we would very much like focus in on. Let's shift modes here a little bit and, and talk about, we'll go back to the success you guys had financially, um, starting the blog. I think like, and you mentioned a lot of people are, when they create blogs, it's very mechanical and they're focused more on themselves. Um, if people were starting a blog today, other than, you know, focus on the consumer, you know, look at Pinterest and don't be so mechanical. What are some other tips that you could give them? Uh, just starting out, I would say the uh, one of the big ones is that kind of people get in their heads about where they start and they do a, they do this funny thing uh, where it's, um, I call it like the zo yoga Zen meditation retreat. Yeah. Or like people get so like far in their heads. They're like, I need to go do ashwanga or whatever. Like, like they'll go, like they need to do like some sort of meditation retreat to find like the divine purpose. And, and that's, that's the biggest mistake you can make out, make as a business owner. Um, especially in the day and age of the internet where just there's so many ways to skin the cat yeah. that you just need to do. And be in this constant state of, oh, I tried this thing. It didn't work. That's okay. Next. Do some Ariana Grande. Do the thank you next uh, for your business. <laughs> and, and, like, and so that's what I see. So what I would tell people whenever they start out is like, I'd start out with a topic that you have general interest in. You know, how I used to pitch it to people is just like, hey, is there a topic that you don't shut up about? Do your friends and family loathe every time you're at Christmas and you're talking about whatever? That's probably a good topic to start with. That or just pick something that you have uh, a general interest and in, uh, proclivity towards because you're just having a long conversation with people. Right. That's what the blog is. And so I'd start there and start out with a general net. Um, how we started with Avocado is we started out with 
weight loss and yoga and recipes and weightlifting and like it was just general health, right? And we started out in this direction. Um, and then what you do is you start out by posting content and all these general things. And then what you will want to do then is narrow in based on what people are responding to. So what happened for us was we, we were making yoga content, but Lauren and I are pretty objective about health and wellness. So we know, Hey, listen, you can do yoga all you want, but you need to diet as well. And so we kind of combined like this very objective look at yoga. And because of that, people loved it. We had massive traffic to our yoga articles and lots of comments and lots of positive things. And that's why we uh, ended up making our first product on yoga. Um, th that kind of goes back towards that whole like mentality of like, this is not for me. This is for them. You know, so like if they're drawing us towards yoga, all right, let's do yoga. You know, still to this day, Lauren does yoga all the time, loves it. Um, got pulled in because of the blog. Mm -hmm. But that's, that, that's what I'd say, man. I'd say start out something general that you're interested in. Uh, whittle things down based on what your readers respond to. Uh, that 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 would be the some high level things. It, it, did I answer that well enough? Yeah, you, it, that was great. Um, one thing that popped up, Alex, that 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 was a question for me. You guys kind of you've created a personal brand um, in many ways to to help people, but you also mentioned to don't talk don't make it so much about yourself so w where would that line be so like your first blog that didn't succeed was about uh working out and drinking and um and then you moved to avocado which is uh, avocado excuse me which is a different niche um but but now you guys are doing you know you're having success on youtube doing quite a bit of that and and have a personal brand so where's the the where's the black and white? Where's the uh, line? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. I, I, get, I get what you're getting at. So the, the line happens where like <clears throat> you insert your personal story as much as it benefits the reader. So you for like avocado and stuff like that, I'm not talking as much about um, my life as more as I am framing whatever I'm talking about in the interest of that person. So like, the difference there is like, instead of me talking or, or boasting about I'm CSCS certified personal trainer and blah, blah, blah. I'm talking more about like, here's this story of a time that I helped uh, this person lose weight. Or this is the, does that make sense? It's like, you want to take your, you, you want to insert yourself into it and, and create a story, but that story has to be framed around why are they here? what is the value that they're receiving from it. Create and Go allows us to dip a little bit outside of that, but that's because people are just generally interested in the whole story because they're, you know, like they're trying to start and trying to create, you know, their own website, their own blog and make it. And so it was very important that we were like even more, you'll, you'll notice on Avocado, we're much more like in the background. Uh -huh. While in Create Go, we're much more in the foreground, and that's that, that's that's by design. It wasn't uh, it wasn't accidental. It's just because I feel like people needed to really know us and and know where we came from because there's so many people selling stuff that like I needed to be like that to show them, hey, we're authentic, we're real, we're not like just some pipe dream that you hear about on the internet because we really do live that pipe dream, you know, like. <laughs> we're traveling the world and making a, an obnoxious amount of money and we blog and are 
underwear and whatever, you know, like this is like that thing that Tim Ferriss was, was preaching back all those, all those years ago. Uh Um, but yeah, so, so I just felt like being so upfront was almost like necessary. Bloggers really do blog in their underwear. It's true, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm not wearing pants right now, Chris. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think everybody that works online works in their underwear at least once. (laughs) Or more than once, for sure. It's a very freeing feeling. How long until you guys, uh, uh, how long did you guys have avocado until you decided to create um, create and go, uh, helping other people to, to learn how to blog? We, we had it for a little more or less than a year. I can't remember the exact thing. All I remember is that we were cresting in on that 10 grand a month mark. Mm-hmm. And what happened is I was I was reading other articles from people who are talking about how to make money blogging Mm -hmm. and you know not i wouldn't call anybody out i just i didn't feel like they really knew what they were talking about when you're in a niche that's like specifically around money so it's like when you're in like a finance space or you're in a uh, uh, make money space it's very the transactional nature of like what you sell is almost like inherent so when you're talking about making money it's like kind of easy um when you're in the health and wellness space and you're convincing people that the physical transformation that they're going to have is worth the money that they're paying, it's a very different deal. It's, it's a much, I would argue it's a much harder sell. And because of that, I just felt like in that year mark, we were actually, we were in Nicaragua at the time. And I was just like, we need to start this. Like we need to do this thing. And Lauren was like, can we not? But I'm, if you know anything about me, I, I just like, I love talking about business. I love talking about creating stuff. I love talking about like that whole process. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, it was so natural to like, let's start a blog on it. Was, has there ever been any challenges with you guys to run? I mean, you're kind of running two, two businesses at once. Um, and a lot of people talk about this, but you kind of got avocado, avocado up to a place where, you know, it was bringing in good money, but um, what, if there have been challenges, what were some of those challenges you guys worked through running these two businesses at once? I think, I think one of the bigger challenges is uh, the stress of kind of working online, which is weird to say. Uh, you, it's like, especially at the beginning for like business owners who are just like kind of up and coming through everything, uh, it just can be very stressful mentally on you. Uh, I noticed, here's how I know this is true because we were, we were running this health and wellness blog and before I was running the health and wellness blog, I was like in peak physical condition. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was crazy healthy. And then like kind of midway through that blog, I was really struggling to keep my health in check yeah. uh, for me. Uh, you know, like everybody's battles a little bit differently, but like I, and that was because I was stressed because I was like, it was hard, man. You know, like your friends and family and people, they just like, they think you're crazy. You know, they're just like, Oh, okay. You're going to go start a blog. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can, you can hear it. And, and that that's tough. It's tough not to take those things personally and to, uh, to not take those things to heart. I think, I think those were more of the, the big struggles. I think the other thing is we struggled for a long time because we had the shiny object syndrome where we would, we would bounce around from one guru to the next, like theory after theory after theory, trying different things. When what we should have done is we should have found, we should have either found one and stuck with it, 
or we should have just started trusting ourselves sooner. Like the sooner that we got to the point of like, I'm just going to figure this out and trust myself to like listen to my audience and know my audience the best and know what they want the best, the better off we were. Um, we made, we made some bad decisions at the beginning because we got coached up on by gurus uh, to do things that um, later on we really didn't agree with. And, and that, and that was hard at the beginning. Um, but I, I, that shiny object syndrome, I think plagues like most internet business owners. Yeah. Most entrepreneurs for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you, like, if you were going through that again, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, recommend coaching and I've seen people just kind of dive into coaching and do many different forms and there's an incredible amount of value there, but I've, you know, I've struggled with that same thing, like have chasing too many gurus, uh, trying this tactic and that tactic. Um, if you're going through that again, uh, what are some of the things that you would look for? to make sure that you're not chasing too many gurus. I think it's like the thing that I tell most people who used to personal train. I was, I used to tell them find the personal trainer who has struggled through what you've struggled through and who looks the way you want to look. And that's the personal trainer that you should hire. You shouldn't just go into the gym and just like what, whoever, <laughs> I, I think, I think the same thing happens for like young budding business owners and entrepreneurs. They don't know anything. And so they kind of get hooked up with some guy and let's say they're on like the shadier side of marketing or something like that. You know, like they get hooked into this guy and they start to like, um, mold into this person, even though, you know, like they'll like justify them doing some weird things, you know, like, I, I'm never, I'm never going to name any names, but like, you know, when somebody does something like that and you're like, Oh, that's, that's kind of weird. Like, wouldn't that be tricking somebody? But he says, it's okay. You know, like if you're, if you're having those questions and those, those moral like quandaries, like that's not the right guru. You need to find the guy or gal who's like, like in that, who struggled through similar struggles and is living the life that you currently want to live. And that, and you need to stick with that human being. And be like, no, no, no. This is this is the person. This is the this is the person that I vibe with. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with them. I think that would help out a lot of people. Do you have that person now, or do you? Who's that person for you now? You know, it's funny, man. I, I just stumbled across this guy, and I, I'm not sure I'm gonna give him like total status just yet. You know, for a long time, I found myself like, you know, I, I've done this blogging stuff for a while and I really like it. I also am super into sports and like mental performance. And, um, you know, I played a little bit of college football and, uh, really enjoyed that and, and just was always a competitor. Um, and there's this guy named Todd Herman, uh, who, who teaches sort of like the mental game and he, and I'm fresh off reading the book. So, you know, maybe I'm just like super, just like into him right now. So that's top of brain, but I will say that a lot of his stuff, I, I very much, I'm intrigued by, I'm intrigued by what he's created. I, I feel like that he's a good mark that I'm heading for, um, as far as like what I want to achieve. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just thought about this, but usually we have a co-host that's on the show who couldn't make it today. Uh, his name's Noah and he always talks about having three tribes, um, having a tribe that you want to become more like having a tribe that's at your current level and then having a tribe 
of people that you want to help grow to where you're at. And I think like that's kind of relevant when it comes to mentors or gurus too. You know, you need to have uh, the gurus that you want to become more like, and then you need to have like, I guess you call them your friends, gurus that you hang out with that are kind of at your same level. And then also you have to kind of be the mentor or the coach or the guru for people. And you guys are doing that to, to bring people up to your level. These, have you ever heard of a guy named Jesse Elder? Oh, I have not. No, he's uh we had him on the podcast a while back and I, I, I met him last summer and that's my guru right now. And he, he probably wouldn't like that term, but that's my <laughs> person that I'm person I'm striving to be like, um, hard not hard not to picture them on some cloud, like right? doing he can levitate and everything. It's so cool. <laughs> I've never seen him do it, but everybody says, you know, it's really cool. What he does. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, you know, that's a, it's a, it, it really makes sense because you start to chase too many rabbits. And when you do, then you divide your time up and things happen like that and, and you don't get the results that you really want. So it makes, makes sense. For sure, man. And the, the big thing too is like where you're heading, you know, like, are they living the life that you want to live? Yeah. You know, like, because that's, that's what they have, you know, like and personal training is such an easy example for that because like, if your personal trainer doesn't have the body that you want, like maybe there's somebody else you need to find, you know, like it's, it's just, it's simple. You know, you can see it like that. Like an easy example is like, Oh, I want to be a lawyer because lawyers are rich. Right. And like, I mean, I've had so many friends and so many people I know try that route and end up quitting and end up being like, that's the worst job ever. And it's not worth, you know, the 150,000 a year or whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, so here's another question about that. Do you measure that on all spectrums of life? So for example, if you have a personal trainer that has the body that, that you want and has been through the things that you've been or, or that are going through, uh, but he's cheating on his wife or, and, and you can take that over to the business side of things too. You've got a mentor that has been through the things that, that you've been through or that are, that are going through and has built the type of business that you want to build. But there's one little thing over here that kind of gets under your skin a little bit, but you don't want to focus on that so much because he's perfect in so many other ways or she. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a, isn't that great? Right. I love, that is a killer. Because <laughs> that's like, uh, man, that's like the musician argument too, where like you have this musician you really like and then they do something and you're like, oh, yeah. Can I not listen to this person anymore? Like you, you're having those <laughs> questions. Um, man. I'd say it depends what depends what the offense is. Like you said, the first one where it's like, if I was following, if I was, if I had like some guru in my brain who I was like really, um, really liked for, you know, business stuff, but he was like cheating on his wife or something like that. I'd probably have to drop him because like, that's like, I, I feel like the business stuff led into that, you know, like I feel like, I feel like some, some collateral damage had happened there and they're not living life like I would want to live. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as, as far as like a, a fitness person doing that, you know, it's, it's a harder, if, if the mistake is like something small, it, it's hard to say. I don't expect anybody to per be perfect. And I, and I imagine that you can look to different people for different domains in your life as well. But yeah, I, I do think flagrant massive offenses like that, that would immediately like shut me down to them for sure.
Yeah, I think it's it's a careful analyzation, I think, too, because I've put people on the pedestal before and then gotten to know them and been disappointed by who I found out that who they really are. And but also, I think you can divide it up too, like, you know, and there's so many different scenarios you can put it put in put at it. But like, you know, if somebody's really great at investment advice, you could they could be your investment guru even though their health isn't so good. Or somebody's really good at funnels, you know, they could be your funnels person even though maybe you wouldn't take relationship advice from them. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. And then sometimes too, man, you can it doesn't have to be like an all or nothing yeah. thing. Sometimes you can take like if that funnels guy is doing certain funnels that you don't agree with, like you can still take like that knowledge and like, yeah, he's, he's really brilliant at this thing and take bits and pieces of that and apply it to your life. As long as you're being objective about it, I think people get in mindset of like, I just see this a lot that like guru worship sort of thing. Um, one of them, one of them that's just such an easy one to, to, to point out just because it's so um, blatant and he's so popular. Um, is Gary Vaynerchuk. And I, I don't get me wrong. Gary Vaynerchuk preaches some real truth that young entrepreneurs need to hear. But the way some of his like people act, like are like his YouTube comments, you're like, you guys just can't see anything objectively, can you? Like the guy can do no wrong. Yeah. And like every word is like gospel. And like when you're in that mentality of like something like this, no, it's a human being. Like they're, they're very flawed. Like they're going to make mistakes. Like I don't know. I, I just, I see people getting that hero worship mindset and I just, it's hard not to shake your head and just be like, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and I've been on the side of that where people were really looking up to me and, and asking me for, for all this advice. And, and then when they're surprised that I'm not at a, at a certain doing one certain thing, I'm like, look, I'm a, I'm a human, you know? Um, uh, and, and you really have to, you know, you have these mentors and you look up to them, um, for a time and sometimes they just come into your life and they're, they're supposed to be there for a, a, a short period so you can learn something and then you go on and maybe find another mentor or you become your own mentor. Right. And some, sometimes that's just about like realizing that everybody's human and some, and sometimes people are very much flawed, but you know, people, and I think if anything, like what people should know is that, don't put don't put human beings no matter how amazing they are on such a pedestal where they can do no wrong because there's this, I'm in Brazil at the moment and and there's this guy have you ever heard of John D John of God John de Dios No no I haven't Okay so he's this spiritual guru and he's worked with every other spiritual guru out there like Deepak Chopra and and all of them you know and they they were all in the same network and he is just huge especially in Brazil but also around the world and, um, he could, you know, he's a prophet and, and he could, um, prophesize things and heal people from prayers that he did in Brazil where they were on the other side of the planet. Well, anyway, it just came out, you know, a few, a couple of months ago that he had been, uh, he had raped a lot of his followers, many of them, and more and more stories are coming out. He had uh, sexually abused children, females, and now he's in jail. And so <laughs> it's like, oh my God. yeah, yeah. What, what, what a true example though. People, it, it's the same thing as the Billy McFarlane guy, right? Like yeah. people like they get so like, Oh man, there's this, there's this, there's this theory I'm working on, man. It's like in, in working, but like, People, some people are so convinced of themselves 
that they lure in people who are not very confident. Yeah. Someone who's, someone who's generally like a self-assured, like when somebody says something, you just blatantly like an example is like no pain, no gain. Like, like when someone says stuff like that, you know, like someone who's confident is like, yeah. So if I break my arm and start bashing it on a bunch of rocks, like I'm gaining something like, you can obviously look at that like objectively and be like, that's just a dumb quote. Someone said one time. Yeah. Um, but, but some people just like really like eat that up as gospel, like people who are not like as I think self-assured in a way yeah. and like, oh my gosh, like it, it's scary where they can be taken yeah. and what, it, what an example. And people are, people are hungry for leadership because that's another thing too. Like we're not taught so much to be leaders. Our leadership education is, is, is weak, um, all around the world really. And, and then, you know, when you get people who dive into the leadership roles, then, you know, they find out that it's, it's, you know, if you're not a leader on all areas of your life, then you can mess up on some areas which can destroy um destroy your reputation as a leader and and so people are just it's the easy way out to follow a leader instead of make your own decisions for sure yeah um okay buddy like this is i'm gonna wrap things up this has been a fun 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 chat and i really enjoyed it and uh and it's been a great talk on influence because i think you've got an incredible amount of experience in that realm and you're doing great things so kudos for you if the listeners want to reach out and learn more about what you guys have going on where's the best place they can do that at guys just uh visit our website createandgo.com um that's uh where you can can find all the information. If you really want to read like the whole the whole shebang, our about us page has a is a very long, like five thousand eight thousand word like in depth thing. If you really want to, some people comment on it or like I read every word, I'm like oh that's cool. So like if you really want to know like the whole story, whole shebang, we 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 try to um, blog in the most like authentic and honest way uh, that we can. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of our, our mission. Our, our goal at create and go is like, we want to take 10 bloggers to 10 grand a month, hundred bloggers to a thousand dollars a month. And, um, the thousand bloggers to a hundred dollars a month, uh, blogging passively. And so that's nice. what we're trying to do over there. And if you want to, want to join up on the squad, we'd be happy to have you. Yeah. And, and you've got a great article, Pinterest marketing, the definitive guide for 2019. Yes, sir. And, and it is long and in depth. And <laughs> Hopefully you didn't fall asleep. No, no, I, I, I buzzed through it because it was a big one. But if you're looking to learn more about Pinterest, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. Alex, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you and sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate you, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for tuning in once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.